Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who will have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest this week is Ido Erev, Professor of Industrial Engineering and Management at Technion, the Israel Institute of Technology. They discuss some of Erev's experiments in rudeness and the implications of rudeness for managers of organizations. So it's a beautiful sunny day. It's Israel. It's uh, sometime in the afternoon. The sun is uh, shining, but not too hard. Uh, there's wind, there's eucalyptus trees, and uh, I'm here with uh, an expert on rudeness. Is that fair? Yeah. So uh, what's your name and what do you do? I'm Amir Erez, and I'm an associate professor at the University of Florida. And uh, so you, you are experts on rudeness, right? How, how do you become an expert on rudeness? Is this uh, due to your Israeli roots? <laughs> I hope not. Um, well, I just happened to investigate it. Uh, I, I just fell on the topic. Okay. It wasn't planned. I was actually interested in positive mood. But when, and when I've heard about rudeness, that rudeness is uh, influential and that... Uh, it reduced, people say that it reduced performance, that it reduced helping, and that uh, people get angry and they can't work. I didn't believe it at first. Okay, so what, what do you do? So how do you get people to, how, how do you annoy people? What, what's this rudeness that you talk about? What do you do? Uh, we manipulate it in the lab. Like what we do is, for, I'll give you an example. For example, we ask people to come to the lab and we uh, tell them in the wrong room. So you say, come at 4.30 to room 1501, and then? And then when they come, they see a note. on. There is a note on the door, a small note that says that the experiment is going to take place in a different room. But it's a very, very small note. And there are many other notes on the door. So they don't really see the note, but it's there. Yes, they don't see it. So what they do is they, they get into the room, I see. They wait for a while. They try to be polite, and at some point, they open the door and and they get in and they say, "I came to the experiment." And the person who is sitting there is uh, telling them, um, "What can't you read?" And no, but you prefer to get in. There is a note on the door that says that the experiment will be in a different room. No, but you prefer to get in and to disturb me. I'm not a secretary. I'm a busy professor. I see. So uh, you you make the note very hard to read. They try to be as nice as possible, and then you give them a guilt trip and make them feel really bad about their own behavior. And how do they react? They get very annoyed, but they go to the other room uh, where the experiment takes place. And then Does anybody ever beat their professor? Not yet, but <laughs> Not it yet. might happen. Yeah. Okay, so then they go to this other room that they were supposed to, and, uh, but now they are loaded with annoyance. And then what? They get their end. And they have to perform several tasks. So the experimenter that, he, that is sitting there is not connected to the rude behavior. Uh, but he's asking them to do uh, several tasks. And they perform the task not that well. Like what kind of tasks? For example, we give them anagrams. Anagrams are words that you scramble them and you have to put them in order. This is a pretty difficult task uh, cognitively. It's pretty difficult. And they're not doing as well as people who are not uh, experiencing this annoyance. So the moment they're annoyed, they become more stupid? Is this a fair statement? Uh, I wouldn't say that they become more stupid, but they are, they are not performing yeah. like the task. So they behave as if they're more stupid. Exactly. So why, why is it? What happens? 
Uh, well, uh, they are occupied. What we think is that they are occupied thinking about the event and they are not performing the task appropriately. So, so part of their brain is still annoyed? Are they, you think they are actively trying to keep annoyed or is it just residual annoyance that just kind of is lingering in their active memory and they can't get rid of it and that basically occupies part of their brain, not leaving enough for other tasks? Yes, exactly. And not only that, like it primes them like to think more aggressively. For example, one of the tasks that we give them is we ask them to find uses for brick. So not only So you say, "Here's a brick. Give me a list of all the kind of things you can find in the world to you can use a brick for." And this is a standard creativity task. Yes, it is. Yes. So and what do they do? Well, first of all, they come up with um, less uses for brick. They come So up they're less creative. They're less creative. And they come up with aggressive uses. Like what? I'm going to use this brick to hit you on the head? Yes. <laughs> hit the experimenter on the head, sink a body in the river, break a window, use it, use it as a weapon. So something about... So, so it means that their thoughts about aggression are kind of in, in their brains, keep, still keeping active, and those are basically invoking the thoughts of negative usages of, of, of using the brick. And so... What can you do to flash that? I mean, if you think about active memory and you say there is a part of it that is annoyance and it's still there, is there a way to kind of reset their brain so that this annoyance goes away outside of electrical stimulation? Well, we don't know exactly yet what to do about it. Like the, what, what, what we find now, and I have 16 experiments that show that, that it's extremely uh, difficult to get over it. We tested it in the United States, in England, in Israel, and we find that uh, there are no cultural differences, and it's very difficult to get rid of it. Like, and uh, the effects are very, very consistent. Now we, are, we try to investigate what is uh, some ways that you can get over it, uh, but we're not there yet. Okay, so now a uh, final question. So, so you now know a lot about annoying people and rudeness and how it lingers in people's brains. Have you become less annoying since you started this research? Do you make an extra effort, because you understand now the consequences, to be only kind and sweet? I try my best, and I also try to uh, give this message like, to managers in organizations. And so they will think about what are the consequences of their behavior. They are hurting the performance of their employees. So you can, you can say now to people, be nice. Uh, even if you don't care about the other people, it's good for you. The moment you start annoying people, it would escalate. Everybody would suffer at the end of it. Yeah, and we found it also with witnesses, that people who witness it like, get annoyed, and also that it spreads in a group. Yeah. Very good. So this is very optimistic. You and the Dalai Lama can spread good, good words around the world. Be kind to people, and you showing the materialistic benefit of that. Absolutely. The Dalai Lama is always right. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Duke University behavioral economist Dan Ariely. Dan's latest book is The Upside of Irrationality. Learn more at predictablyirrational.com.